It's cute. They don't wipe their ass, do they? <laughs> Kill the sad boy! Woo! We're back! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. For, for some more. We um, took a, a sabbatical and went to Disneyland. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys came on our honeymoon to Disneyland with us. I know, isn't that weird? And we went, we went with you guys on your honeymoon. <laughs> That's weird. This relationship may not be entirely healthy, or maybe or it's, normal. Maybe it's extra healthy. I don't. know. I feel okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why four people can't all go on vacation together and have sex orgies. And, yeah, and have sex with each other. Like, there's no reason to have labels. Labels are stupid. Hooray, we're married now. Let's bring these other two people with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is fun. Yeah, Disneyland is a little bit of an odd place for uh, uh, people like me, but it's it's ultimately yeah. fine. Yeah, it's it was a fun time. I liked Toontown. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It really does feel like you're in a different place when you're in Disneyland or Toontown even. Yeah. It's just magical. We'll have to do a Walt Disney one. I think I have him written down for as one of the uh, oh, yeah. possible people time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, figures. welcome to people time. Welcome to people time. Welcome to the show. The program. Program. Mm-hmm. My name is uh, Rusty Shackelford. Ooh. <laughs> My name's Xanathar. Ooh. The delinquent. Who gave you that name? Is that your legal name? Yeah, no, my parents. What did, oh, no, it just sounded like that was like a title that somebody was like, oh, he's always... Delinquent. You're the delinquenter. The delinquent's my middle name. Yeah. Oh. All right. Sounds yeah. It's a family a family name. We got good energy. This is a good one going. We got good energy. <laughs> this is people are already already stoked. I can <laughs> hear them just I can feel the <laughs> like. Am I on the right podcast? What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Dumb shit that I click on. Yeah. Well, in uh, in current news, uh, Team Giannis is beating Team LeBron. Just thought I'd update everybody on that real quick. Huh. Yep. I'm not. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. I'm a. Yeah. No. I'm a. <laughs> what's going on in the D and D world? <laughs> Are there updates on the D and D All Star game? Yeah. Probably. Uh, no. Oh. I wonder if they do that. Is that a thing? D and D championships national. No, because it's not really a competitive. It's not a competitive thing. So oh, that's true. I guess they have that for like the magic card game, but not D and D. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So welcome to the program of People Time. Mm-hmm. We are doing. Who are we doing today? Jonas Salk. Jonas Salk. So it's not Jonah Salk. It's Jonas, Jonas. Salk. S A L K. Mm. Who um, you know, spoiler spoiler alert. Uh, created the vaccine for polio oh dude well the show's over now great thanks hey thanks for tuning in um <laughs> use stamps.com <laughs> we're not getting paid for this yet don't yeah. if you can if you have the ability go to your local el polio loco and eat one of their chicken t- uh, burritos mm. they're very delicious yeah it's not pay us money it's not advertising as much as i just love el polio loco oh nice oh, okay <laughs> It's, it's good burritos. I've never. I thought it was a fictional. Really? Yeah. No, it's real. Huh. It's one over there, by the, by the Target. <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone knows where that is. Yeah. Um. So, for anybody who doesn't know who Jonas Salk is, one of the only pop culture references I could find was from The Office, oh. in which uh, Michael Scott gets accused of racism. And ask the office to say, name a white man you trust, and I'll name a black man I trust more. I remember the episode. Yeah. And Jim says, Jonas Salk. And Michael's like, who? <laughs> and so Jim says, Justin Timberlake. That's right. I remember, yeah. Yeah. There's always uh, there's, there's always a reference to the office in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Salk is not a particularly, at least not in the current pop culture world, he's not a sexy figure, so there's really not. But he it's did interesting. not feature in The Simpsons or right. South Park. There's not a comic book about it. <laughs> Someone should get on that. But that's interesting because 
right now, this is a huge debate amongst anti-vaxxers and mm-hmm. the people who are correct. Yep. So, this is a good topic, I think. It's topical. And I wouldn't say that's the only reason I decided to look into him. I mean, that sort of adds into it, but... Sure. Yeah, he's just one of those names. It's like it's like Mary Curie, who... It's just a name that flows around in the zeitgeist, and I didn't know anything about him until yeah. I jumped in. So, uh, so he did. He did just polio. I say that isn't just. As he if just it's not enough. Like he, so, he just. Cured polio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, did he do other vaccinations, or was his focus polio? Um, no, he actually did well. So he was the head guy over the vaccination for polio, the one that was that worked the most first. Mm. So. Yeah, he didn't even come up with the idea of vaccinating polio. It's just the way he did it worked better than nice. the other guys. All right, so what's his uh, what's his upbringing? Yeah, let's jump in here. So this story actually begins three billion years ago. Damn. Yeah, we're gonna be here a while. Um, in a in a muddy pool of amino acids, a piece of primordial DNA broke off mm-hmm. and became a distinct creature of evil. Yeah, of course. That later would be known as a virus. We already know all this. Go on. Yeah. Let's forward a few billion years, and in a similar pool of muddy water, the primordial forces summoned Jonas Sulk. Hmm. So the same thing that made both one would conquer the other later. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, this is what the comic book is supposed to be about. This is good, yeah. Where he just raises from the water. And he's like, I will smite Polio. Where's Polio? He just walks into a near town and... Where's polio? And the guy's like, that's what? That's how he talked. What are you talking? Yeah, that's how Jonas Sell talked. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All the quotations I have sound like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I'd use the, I, I used the deactivated uh, version of the virus, obviously. Uh, we put them on trace tables and, you know, we, we had a double blind and. This is so crazy. It sounds just like you if you're doing like a deep voice. No, that, that's his, no, that's an actual quote I was playing from my phone. Crazy. It's odd. So what year did he, what, what year was he born in? He's born in uh, 1914. Oh, okay, so we're talking about, okay, early 1900s. Pretty early, yeah. This is just after the flight of the first, you know, not too long after the first flight. The uh, the right, the right bros. Right. Yeah. So. The Titanic. We, and the Titanic. We actually do a lot of people's time from this area. It's a good area. Area. A lot of shit era. happened. Well, his stuff happens later, but he was born in 1914. October 28th to uh, Daniel and Dora uh, Salk. They are uh, Ashkenazi Jews, which is like a type of Jewish group. I didn't know there was a, was a, was like a split off. I don't understand. Yeah, like the Jewish uh, diaspora went into different places. I didn't, I didn't know that. So the that's just a fancy Ashkenazi is just a fancy way of saying like Russian, Polish, German Jews. <laughs> it's just it's a very fancy way of saying Northern European Jew. Oh, but the reason I mention that is just because that's sort of the the that is the group of Jews who are the most affected by. The Holocaust. Right. So his mother, uh, you know, sort of taught him self-reliance and how to be a strong person because they're like, hey, the Germans are trying to kill us all. Right. It was a bummer. Wait, so wait, where was he born? Actually, New York. So he avoided all that. Oh, nice. So he was born in the United States. And... Yeah. But his mom was a Russian immigrant. So she was born in Russia and she moved to America. Her dad's from America or his dad is from America, but... Uh, his, his dad was like a kindergarten dropout and his mom didn't do much. So they weren't particularly ap- academic, but they were smart people. So they wanted their kids to be academic. So they pushed them heavily into be smart, go to school, shit. That's good. So it's like the do as I say, not as I do. Like, yeah, sure, fine. I didn't finish it, but you should. Yes. Don't smoke either. As he don't smoke. Light. Don't. <laughs> That's what my dad said. Don't yeah. don't smoke and this he's taking a drag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And don't drink. And now that's a good portion of my life. Um so in one of the interviews I, I saw with Jonas, he actually said in his own words that he was his parents' favorite. So Wow. 
bold this not only to his, his brothers were not there to refute that <laughs> in the interview <laughs> that's interesting because that means that not only did they say that which is pretty uh you know it's kind of a crazy thing to say to your kids but he then announced it like i just want everyone else to know as well well it, it just feels important that i make that you guys know yeah i know you should know i was their favorite yeah my brothers suck how no, many siblings he's like nobody even knows who they are he has two brothers oh and actually one of them is kind of known his name is lee lee sulk he was a child psychiatrist or psychologist who's credited with um discovering that the mother's heartbeat calms a baby so that's true it does i've heard this but i didn't know if it's true or not i don't know well he kind of feels obvious to me seems like it makes sense so i mean yeah but he he was the one who i guess put the the wires on people and on babies and was like yeah heartbeats make them calm interesting way to go lee so that was the height of the family achievement up to that point. Nice. And then Jonas was like, no, I'm the favorite. <laughs> so he started working on that. Well, so early on, he wanted to be a lawyer, and his mom told him that he can't be a lawyer. And he said, why? And she said, because you can't even win an argument with me. So you can't be a lawyer. And then it, obviously she was right, because he didn't go on to be a lawyer. He lost the argument. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, damn, she's right. I don't got anything good for that. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a logical trap. <laughs> she caught me. So, yeah, he, he went into uh, medical sciences and chemistry instead. Nice. Um, when he was a kid, he was an avid reader. Uh, he goes into college. He gets a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry. He goes to ke- or medical school. But he doesn't want to be an MD. Like, he doesn't want to be a physician. Right. Um, just He wants to do research. And he has this weird philosophy that we'll get into more later. But he doesn't like the idea of helping a one person one-on-one. Because he's like, no, I can help more people with my time. Which, I mean... My mommy said I was the best. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, he, he was right. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in medical school, he starts uh, doing research with a guy named Thomas Francis. And Thomas Francis is actually kind of well-known in the virology world, the study of viruses, because he was the guy to prove and, and show the different strains of influenza. And to, he didn't create, but he started to create the process for uh, flu immunizations. And Jonas was a major part of that. He was part of that guy's team so so he was working on uh flu vaccinations before he was yeah nice yeah and what was crazy is that this was right around the time they just barely started figuring out like oh shit viruses have different strains you can deactivate them you can kill them you can try and make immunizations you can do all the shit so this is like brand new science at that point what time frame is this when he's working with thomas francis uh, late 30s into the 40s. Okay, so he's getting into his 30s. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's a little bit old. Well, yeah, because he's still doing medical school and and uh, studies, so that takes all of your time. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know anything. But in, um, uh, well, actually, during World War II, which, as we all know, exploded in the 40s. Right. Um. The flu, I didn't know this, actually killed more people in the war than the war killed them. Like, more, the flu killed more soldiers than bullets. That's crazy. I didn't know that. And the militaries were also, they were like, well, we can't send troops out there because they just die. So what was the issue? I mean, this wasn't happening before the war, right? Or was that many people dying as well before the war? I mean, probably, but now that we could study it, like, before it was just like, oh, he got... He got war sickness and puked himself to death. But now, <laughs> then they could be like, oh, okay, we've seen the symptoms. We take the test. He's got influenza. Were they also more susceptible just because of what they were going through? I don't know. A lot of them, um, I don't know if it's just science catching up, but a lot of these early 20th century diseases, it felt like just lit on fire. And I'm wondering if it's just population growth, maybe. Right. Well, yeah, the industrial age really, I mean, took yeah. off and now our population booms. It's like... The 1918 flu became like this major plague, and they say a lot of it has, has to do with just because we were living in so close quarters, closer than we had ever before. Hmm. Viruses go urban. Right. Start making rap music. Oh, nice. Yeah, I made a bad joke. I liked it. I'm going to cut it out. Don't. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, so he works with Thomas Francis for six years because the military says, 
we need to cure influenza because we can't send troops out there because they just shit themselves to death. <laughs> so they did. They they worked at it for six years. Um, they figured out all the different strains. They found a good inoculation, and they fucking made one. That's so crazy. One so, for science. So did they get the flu while they were working with? Like I would imagine you must have. You probably do. Like you probably got like fuck. This is the fourth time <laughs> this I'm year. So sick all the time. <laughs> I can't do my work. I gotta, I gotta I call to work today. I'm too sick. Well, and he does talk about this later with polio that um, a, lo- a lot of the immunization studies required like weakening the virus, right? So that it has lower virulence. And he was saying that's a good way to study it, but you do open or you keep open the door, or at least the door is cracked for everybody to just get sick again. That sucks. So his his methodology yeah. was always kill the virus with uh, formaldehyde. Kindness. Oh, formaldehyde. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, you look really good today. No, I don't Influenza even care. Influenza B. <laughs> um, yeah, he would, he, would, he would make sure the viruses were dead when he studied them and created immunizations for that. And that creates a little bit of a stir later, but hmm. yeah. I, nobody on his team would get sick because all his viruses were dead. Maybe his competitors all got sick. Maybe that's why, that's why he we know won, him. because they all died. That's why we know of him and not somebody else. Yeah, because he was smart enough to kill the motherfuckers. Well, uh, I'll just backtrack a couple a backtrack a couple of years, actually, because in 1939, he got married to a nice lady. I'm sure she's nice. I don't know anything about her. Her name's Donna Lindsay. Um, her father was like an upstanding medical guy, and he would not allow Jonas to marry her unless he had a medical degree. Wow. So he told his son... His son-in-law. Oh, so so it was her father. Yeah, you're like, you can't marry my daughter unless you have an MD. Damn, dude. So they got married the day after he graduated, which was kind of cute. That is cute. Made me think of, like, Mormons who don't even wait a day to get married because they need to <laughs> stick it in. Yeah, well, they haven't had sex yet. I don't know. Like, the, the, mor- the morals were different back then. I'm really glad, though, that that's not most parents, because if, if I wanted to go date people, they're like, yeah, you got to have an MD first. I'd be like, I guess I'm just not getting married. <laughs> I guess this is just not happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they have three kids. That's all there is to say about that. I didn't even write down their names. They don't really come up again. <laughs> okay. Later on, when he's doing his trials, he does immunize his kids with like the, the test run stuff. So, obviously, he loved them enough to... Use them as part of a study. Well, so, I'm assuming they didn't get polio. They did not. And then we're now probably vaccinated not to ever get it. Yeah. One, one of them uh, was in an interview in a documentary that I saw, and he was like, yeah, my dad had me do a photo op where I got shot with the tested stuff so that we could advertise it. And he's he's like, it's an, an iconic 1950s photo to advertise immunization, and I'm crying in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's getting a shot, yeah. Yeah. How old was it at the time you did it say? The kid? Yeah. Uh, at least from the photo, he looked like four or five. He's pretty young. Yeah. But he got the shot. That's funny, too, because it's like, it was a marketing thing as well. So, like, I'll do it to my own kids, see? And now, look, yeah. my kid doesn't have polio. Yeah. And I don't know if they advertise this, but he shot himself with it as well. And his whole staff, they all took it. So, just, they must have been pretty confident that it worked at that point, or that exactly. they wouldn't get sick at the very least. Yeah, I think at that point they were like, well, we, I saw the viruses die. I put it in the formaldehyde. I think I'm okay. The question is whether or not a deactivated or a dead virus will initiate or elicit antibodies or not. That, that was sort of the question. But um, in 1947, he's done with uh, his mentor, Thomas Francis, and he's like, it's time for me to be a man. So in 47, he gets his own lab and just starts doing the same shit. He's looking for viruses to, uh, he's sort of looking at a lot of different viruses that he's like, well, what should I focus on? Smallpox or measles or whatever. And the, uh, the National Foundation for Intile Paralysis, which is a foundation that, uh, FDR Roosevelt came up with because Roosevelt had polio. I didn't know that. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. The president, uh, Franklin Delano, had polio. Franklin is that really his middle name? Yeah, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh, I always knew it was just Frank D. Roosevelt. So yeah. it's weird. What a weird middle name. Okay, the D stands for a lot of stuff. So he had polio. Does polio now? This is going to sound like a stupid question. Polio, you can get it any time in your life, right? Yeah. Actually, virus, once the virus hits you, you could be thirty, you could be ten. It doesn't matter. Yeah, actually, Delano was in his thirties when he got it. Yeah. 
But it mostly affects children. So he started the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis because they didn't have a great understanding of what was happening. They were like, well, we understand that this sickness is happening and happens every summer and it mostly affects kids and a lot of times they go paralyzed. So he FDR made this institution to be like, let's fucking figure out what's going on. So smart. Knowing that uh, Salk had helped Francis with the influenza stuff and he had a good college degree or background, the institution were like, you, you're we, you're the guy. We Perfect. need we need you to figure this out. So he got put on a team, I imagine, with other people as well. Yeah, yeah, but he was actually like the head of it. He got his own lab. He's calling the shots. Jonas is already the man. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know what that feels like, but probably good. Is it good? I think it's good to be in charge. Probably. Do you think like that guys who is like the head manager of Seven Elevens feel that way, or do you think they still feel defeated? I mean, they're in charge. Probably, probably good. I guess. Yeah, I bet they feel. I bet they feel good. <laughs> but so wait, I have a question. Did Franklin D. Roosevelt actually point him out, or did he get a team to go find who was going to? No, he he started a like the National research. Foundation. Yeah, exactly. It's like a it's like a a research and and medical group non-profit essentially that, gotcha and yeah. then they were put together found you know this yeah. is who we want the council came together and they're like we need a lead scientist to help us figure this shit out and they they sulk. pointed sulk yeah nice I like that guy he's already done some stuff like this kind of i like the cut of his jib yeah what? yeah huh they like the cut of his his jonas mm. also jonas should be a euphemism for penis just kind of feels like it. The Penis Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I was like, <laughs> if I, <laughs> it speaks for itself. Yeah. It makes it sense, right? It's right there. Huh. We don't need to say anything else about that. All this time it's been on our face. Their penises have been in there. Uh, yeah. So I was going to give a little bit of background on polio just for anybody who's not super familiar. Because our generation, at least, polio is not a thing. Yeah. It's just an old word. It's That's a scary dope. disease that no longer exists. We exactly. don't really have to actually... It's not scary to us because we, yeah. we haven't due, seen it. Due to immunizations, we no longer have to fuck with it. Now, the next generation will Yeah. because everybody fucked up. Well, um, I didn't say everybody. Everybody that's really stupid. Well, I don't know. In a, in a society, it feels like something goes wrong. We all, we're all paying for it's it. It's just those morons. So we all fucked up. Because <laughs> nobody grabbed those parents immediately by the neck and we're like, stop. They still exist too, though. That's the things that's still not like it's not over yet. They're fucking everywhere. I remember seeing like those viral things are going around now of Facebook messages of moms being like, "How do I protect my kids from measles? What are some tips? What like, go get what essential oils should I use?" Yeah, yeah. And I always think like, okay, here's what you do: take your kid to a bridge, encase his feet in concrete, and then throw him off the bridge, <laughs> and then yourself afterwards, and then yourself because. As mean as that sounds, your kid is going to die in either option, and at least the bridge is quicker. And you bitch, it probably won't spread from that point. Exactly, you can't kill other kids. <laughs> this doesn't force other kids to jump off a bridge. Right? Maybe a couple. Like every, there's always a mimic to every horrible thing, <laughs> but it's not the same as smallpox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I solved it. That's pretty good solving. I solved it. Just murder all the. <laughs> <clears throat> polio. So, uh, polio is uh, an ancient disease, uh, just like all viruses. As far as anybody can tell, they've been around forever. Um, but uh, the way that it started affecting populations, again, people think it's due to higher, like, increase of urbanization, where people were just always intermingling and shaking hands, and kids were going to the same public pools, and it's just everywhere. Right. And polio was having a really, really good summer. Um, it actually used to be called the summer disease or the summer sickness because that's when it was. So it was shitty because in the winter you would get the flu and then in the summer you would get polio. <laughs> I mean, this was just a, a thing. In the early 1900s, you could get polio over and over and over again. It's like the flu where it changes a little bit every year. So you could get the flu in the winter and get better and go to the public pool and get polio and your summer's over. 
and then you go to school and you get the flu and then you go, you know, and it's just over and over and over. Jesus. So what, is there a reason why that polio was more active during the summer? Like, does it have to do with like kids play with each other more? So they, I don't, know. I don't know. It's sort of, I guess it's just sort of the personality of it in the way that the flu works really well in the cold for whatever right. reason. Um, polio likes the heat. Interesting. And the water. So it's actually spread the same way any other virus is. Coughs, um, boogers, and feces. Yeah. But kids jump into pools and they don't wipe their ass. And then everybody has polio. <laughs> everybody goes home with polio. They don't wipe their ass, do they? Kids? Of course they don't. <laughs> don't get in public pools. This polio. Don't ever get in a public pool. Ever. Yeah. There are definitely people in there who have not wiped their ass. <laughs> and even though polio's gone, you don't know what else yeah. they got. Smallpox might still the be The measles around. are coming back. So they fucking are. There you go. Yeah. The whooping cough and all that shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, nobody knew back then 100% what caused it. They just called it the summer disease. They didn't know how to prevent it. They all just sort of freaked out and pulled their hair out. But like any other virus, it just reproduces in your mouth and then into your intestines, gets into your bloodstream. Unlike the flu, though, it does this really uh, nefarious thing where it attacks what's called the anterior horn cell, which is really just like the the top of your spinal column where your spinal column attaches to your brain. There's a big, thick amount of gray matter in there, and the virus attaches that gray matter and degrades it. Just... Just eats through it. That sucks. So that specific part of of your gray matter uh, controls your muscles. Yeah, your motor skills and all that. So eventually, you just you go paralyzed. So is it from like the neck down? You usually go paralyzed. It's sort of random. They said that more often than not, it's like in the legs, but sometimes it could be just your arms or something like that. Or a lot of times, it's people's uh, midsection. So that's where like the iron lung came in, where kids couldn't breathe because their lungs don't respond to their brain anymore and they had to be put on a an iron lung which is like an old school respirator that's crazy yeah i mean that's one of the reasons why polio ha- was treated the way it was is because it was just random but then um inordinately cruel like it attacks mm-hmm. mostly kids and then it makes them lose their legs and then suffocate to death where you like you have to put them in this giant iron lung and and manually compress their because the iron lung Unlike nowadays, where we can actually uh, make your lungs work, the iron lung just pushed on your chest, up and down. So you were just manually breathing. That's crazy. It sounds fucking awful. I think I would just, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a very good way to go. Because you had to stay there, I imagine, the whole time, right? Yeah, you have to stay until, I mean, with polio, before we had anything, it was just just keep them hydrated. That was your life from that point on? Keep them hydrated. And sometimes you get better. And sometimes you don't. Like, some kids woke up completely paralyzed forever, and some of them woke up fine. Wait, wait. So you could be paralyzed and then wake up and not be paralyzed? Mm-hmm. Whoa, I did yeah, not like, know that. So your body, when it makes antibodies, if you're lucky, the antibodies find the infection in your brainstem, kill it, and your body heals itself. Because you're a kid, you you can more bounce so. back. But if it does permanent damage to those connections, there's no cleaning it it's up and gone. you're just paralyzed now. So that's going to be crazy as a parent. Like if your kid got polio and, and you know that that's what's going on, you're like, he might be one of the ones that comes back or one of the ones that just, this is his rest of his life. It's a fucking flip of Shit. a coin. Good and it's damn. so scary because like nowadays, you know, dying of the flu or something is rare, but at least I know I got it because I touched that public door handle or something yeah. or got in the public pool with a shitty ass kid <laughs> <laughs> but back then they no idea like mm-hmm. anybody's guess like the, of course they had the regular thing like it's witches it's bad luck it's moldy bread it's <laughs> you know it's jesus's anger i, I want to say like how stupid that is but at the same time when you don't know what it is of course like what are you supposed to guess you speculate like, yeah, it's like just, so no idea. it could be Tommy's shitty asshole. It could be a witch. <laughs> and at we're, this point, we're not sure. It's one of the two, possibly, maybe some other things. I, don't know, I feel like they both have about the same value. They're both likely the same likelihood. Just, uh, yeah. Why can't we just tell Tommy to wipe his goddamn ass, and then we would well, know if it's a witch or not? It, the, that's the thing. You can't make a witch not be witchy. And you can't Tommy, make Tommy. Wipe you his can't ass. make him. Pour- He's in there. Uh, 
alone. <laughs> the door is closed. Everyone assumes or hopes at least that he is wiping his ass, but he is not. And the thing, you can't do classical conditioning because you can't know. Unless you want every time he comes out of the bathroom to show <laughs> Show his me your ass. asshole. Tommy, show me your ass. <laughs> why, is it, why is it all my friends say that their parents don't make them do this? Why am I the only one? Because you have a shitty ass and I know you it. You know why. <laughs> show me your ass and I'll tell you why. Uh, so yeah, fuck Tommy. Yeah. And his shitty ass. Alright, so... Um, yeah, so polio, the high cruelty of it is what made it become kind of a public um, hysteria, maybe. Just because every summer, it was it was just over and over and over again. Your kids got sick, your kids got sick, and, and they would go in an iron lung or leg braces or a wheelchair, and it was just really sad. So, like I was saying, FDR at the age of 39 actually got it. Um, and did he uh, get paralyzed at all? He did, yeah. So he he was partially paralyzed when he was the president. president. Didn't mm-hmm. he have a... Yeah, because he was in a wheelchair at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he always used um, at least a, a, a cane, but he also had leg braces and a, and a wheelchair that he would use as well. Yeah, because he had a pretty kick-ass cane. Yeah, I mean, pro- presumably, because he, he was using it all the time, and he, he just really didn't want... Uh, to show any weakness, so he he didn't. Most people didn't even, as far as I know, know that he had a sickness or fucked up legs at all. Right. Well, I can't remember what the pop culture reference was. It was like a movie or a TV show, and they talk about how I'm pretty sure it was FDR, and they talk about how he had a the president desk has a an open in the middle, so if they had the cameras on him, you could see their legs. Uh-huh. But he had it covered up because he was in a wheelchair, and he didn't want anyone to see that. If I so, remember right, so that might be like the first instance of the presidential desk being like a whole blocked off you know that might bit. be that might be from like one of the movies from uh, national treasure so i have no <laughs> idea how fucking true that is i mean because if he's sitting in the oval office without a wheelchair that wheelchair is somewhere in eyesight so yeah. he's probably got like a closet where he just pushes it in there yeah when the press comes in because i mean yeah you can find a lot of videos now of him walking around and he has his legs are fucked up yeah. And, but, because he wanted this to be solved, um, he was actually, I mean, every, every, everything is selfish ultimately. He was hoping the thing would get cured. Right. He didn't live to see the cure, but, I mean, Jonas Salk didn't create a cure, per se. He, he made an inoculation, but, right. because it affected children, FDR's foundation was the National Foundation for Inf- Infant Paralysis, which was really just saying, help kids, help polio victims because if they're paralyzed from falling off the swings that's not what we do here yeah (laughs) it's what they yeah they turn people away for that so the the that national foundation actually ultimately became what is still around called the march of dimes oh right yeah yeah Uh, that's a really well-known march of dimes is pretty popular still um but back then so this is like the 50s 40s 50s well it's the 50s now um march of dimes was like one of the biggest non-for-profit medical organizations ever it's awesome they went door to door and commercial to commercial um selling or well advertising hey give us your dimes the idea being a dime is a little amount of money that a kid would have so give us your dimes yeah um this fear of polio created massive funds like the march of dimes as far as i know made more money than any other foundation up to that point wow yeah because I mean, it's a brilliant concept. Yeah. Send me a dime. Yeah. You know, send me two dimes. And polio is fucking scary. <clears throat> right. Yeah, because if you don't give me one single dime, your child will die in an iron lung. Right. And people are watching the I Love Lucy show, and they're like, yeah, I'll send you a dime. Because actually, I was going to play this. This is funny. This might just only be funny to me because um, I have a, I don't know if obsession is the right word. I love Lucille Ball. Yeah. I don't know if you really hear this. This is funny to me. You know, at this time, we usually tell you about Philip Morris and why it's our favorite cigarette. But tonight, we have an even more important message for you. You all know about the wonderful work of the March of Dimes. Well, we were wondering what we could do to help lick polio. And we got an idea. I love it. That's right. The people that conduct uh, polls and those things... They tell us that over 45 million people watch I Love Lucy every week. 
So we thought... Wait a minute, let me tell them. All right. We thought that if everyone watching would just send in one dime, one thin dime, it would give the March of Dimes more than four and a half million dollars. Just think of it. More than four and a half million dollars to help wipe out polio. And it can be done. What a brilliant marketing campaign. Right? They use I Love Lucy, which is a huge show. I also love that <laughs> my favorite part is that we were, normally we'd like to tell you about our favorite <laughs> cigarette. But when I saw that, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Instead of talking about the things that give you cancer, which we would like you to try smoking. Yes. We're going to talk about this. Instead, let's cure polio together. Which well, is awesome. So just, did it work really well? I mean, I imagine it oh did. Oh, my God. So the Marsha Dimes got so much goddamn money for... Uh, the, the still the National Foundation, yeah. Um, that Jonas Salk just happening to be in charge of that was just flushed with cash. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they solve so they, they solve polio. So was all that money just going into like just tons and tons of research and like basically executing different things in the lab? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so he gets um a grant from the National Foundation to go get his own official setup, a whole floor of a hospital to be his lab. They're like, we got the money, let's solve polio. And it's in Pittsburgh, and so they just start isolating the virus and following through with his idea of killing it with formaldehyde and then and then injecting people with it to create antibodies. So, uh, yeah, so formaldehyde, how do you say the word? God damn it. Formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. So, is that something that he used the same with when he was doing the flu? Is this something that just kills viruses? Yeah, so, I don't know why, but I think it's just something that, because you have to use a very specific chemical, I'm assuming, to kill these little bastards. Bleach may not work. Or maybe it does, but they die to the point where your body doesn't recognize them as anything. So, it just flushes it out. Formaldehyde is just the one that it works. so they use that in burials, right? Maybe it's a preservative, mm. so it kills them, but they're the same shape. Same structure. Yeah. yeah. Same. So your body looks at it and it's like, I could make an antibody for that. I'll kill that. It's not even fighting me back. I can do that. That's fine. It smells weird. It smells <laughs> like a dead body in here. It smells <laughs> like a funeral home. Uh, but yeah, so there was a ton of celebrity commercials, all this money. Um, the very first official polio virus that they were able to isolate was i mean they didn't know how to get their hands on it because uh, apparently you can't pull polio out of somebody's blood it has to come unfortunately from their feces really from their their shit loafs and so it, shitty ass tommy he came in handy eventually yeah. <laughs> so that's that's pretty legit that it had yeah. to come from the i didn't know that either <laughs> shit creates Shit taketh away. Yeah. Well, it's so weird. So it's like almost like your body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your body's trying to push it out. So all the viruses in your shit. And this one young gentleman, uh, shit into a bedpan and some, uh, Salk's assistants grab the bedpan quickly. And I imagine with their arms Not outstretched t- running down <laughs> the hall, ah, ah, we got to get there before it cools down. <laughs> and they got down to the lab and they isolated polio. And here we go. So, if you already have polio and you get vaccinated, what happens? Anything? Uh, no, yeah, nothing. Well, if you use Salk's vaccination now, you won't ever get it again. Right. Is all it would really but do. Once, once it's in your body, it has to go through its course, whatever it's, it's going to do. Yeah. It's like the flu. It is just, it's a good way to look at it. It's like the flu. Okay. There's not a, there's not a way to just kill it. I mean, yeah. maybe there's Therapolio that you could buy. Yeah. But Theraflu doesn't really work. <laughs> I'm more of an Alka-Seltzer guy. Huh. Alka-Seltzer, cold and flu. Shout out, shout out to Alka-Seltzer. I'm a NyQuil guy. See, every time I use NyQuil, it feels less effective than Alka-Seltzer. Oh, you just got to take a lot more of <laughs> it. That's probably a good point. It depends on, am I, am I going to work and the Alka-Seltzer? Yeah. If it's bad enough, I'm staying home. It's whatever liquid cough syrup I can find. It's just glug, 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 glug. Yep. Turn on the office. And then slowly go into a weird dream state. Weird coma type yeah. where your mom is there, but her face is made out of snakes. <laughs> but you're not worried about that because she kept sit- she's trying to give you the instructions to make her homemade bread, and you can't understand her because she's speaking Hebrew. Right. Nor- normal <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, Jonas uh, is able to successfully identify the three types of 
polio. So there's only three. Just the three. Luckily, nice. when he was working earlier with influenza, there's like nine. Uh, I think the ones that we fuck with now usually is A, B, and C sometimes. Like when you go get your flu shot, it's the whatever the most prominent A, B, and C strains is what they give you. There's a few others that are kind of rare, but polio, luckily, there's only the three. So the the trials, uh, based on his idea to kill them with formaldehyde and trick your body into making antibodies, is not his idea, but... It's not accepted as mainstream science at the time. Really? No. At, at the time, they were like, it has to be alive for your body to, to kill it, to recognize it. So they were saying, like, you have to get a small form um, uh, infection for your body to go, oh, we're sick. Let's make antibodies. Mm. But he was like, nah, I think we could do it. We can, we can do it where nobody gets sick. So this is where other scientists were complaining against his method. Actually, a gentleman by the name of Albert Sabin. So Albert Sabin, um, who is not cool enough to get his own people time, is, other than polio, he is Jonas Salk's arc nemesis. Damn. Dun, dun, dun. So Albert Sabin is, he is not backed by the National Foundation, so he doesn't have March of Dimes money, but he does have big time medical research money and he's the other polio guy and he is all about what it's called attenuated virus or weakened virus where they i don't know what they do they cut its legs off i don't know <laughs> i just like, isolate just one and be like wait okay and then we like we name call it and then we put it in your body in. yeah you, you put it in a little petri dish you cut off its legs you mm. tell it like your virus parents never loved you you're weird looking. Wanders around in your body like aimlessly, like sad, and then your body just fucks it up. I just don't. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and your body's like, "Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Kill him! Kill the sad boy!" Um. So Albert Sabin um hated Jonas Salk, and Jonas Salk. I don't, I don't know. And he's a very gracious, soft-spoken guy. So maybe he hated Albert, but he never said so. Were they? Were they? They weren't working on the same team ever, were they? No. So maybe does did uh, Saberin have his own uh, you know lab and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Is he getting funded as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not quite as much money, but still like heavy backing because his his idea is sound. It, it's actually the attenuated virus inoculation is is more prominent now than Salk's dead virus thing. Really? That's yeah. what they use now? So, for polio, it, it kind of depends. Like, in America, they give you um, Salk's version. Yeah. Because it's actually a little bit more expensive, but long-term more effective. Mm. And in third-world countries, they administer, like, the, the World Health Organization administers Sabin's version, because it's actually cheaper. And so you get a little bit sick, but then you're good for... Yeah. And who cares if a group of brown kids get sick, really? That there you go, is, yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually read right. an article that that changes, like the who kind of goes back and forth on that. But so it, it sort of depends. Like if you lower the virulence of the virus, um, the likelihood of your body attacking it changes. So it, there's always a... Give, give and take for yeah. both ideas. But at this point, uh, Sabin's idea is the accepted one in the scientific community. So him and um, Salk actually sort of fight in medical magazines where one will write an article like, mine's best, and the other one will write an article like, no, mine's best. And right. I'm sure it was fun for everybody. But the thing is that um, Sabin's, is, and it's not Sabin's approach, but it's the approach he's using where you use weakened viruses. They tried to cure polio in the 30s doing that. And they didn't weaken it enough, and like a thousand kids in their trial died. So they got, like, or at least got polio. Really, they got an outbreak because of their failed they attempt. They created an outbreak. Oh my god! So Sabin is trying to be very cautious, figure it out, and Salk is like, no, no, let's just kill the things so nobody gets polio. If anything, at least during first testing and see if that works. But that's pretty silly yeah. that. That he would even be talking like any trash on Sulk after killing a thousand kids. Like, no, his doesn't work. Mine does. You're like, ah, you don't have much of a leg to stand on, much like people in those, polio that you gave. See all those crippled kids over there? Ah. It's on you. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, this this sort of Sabin versus Sulk thing I really like because it, it's really just sort of a good platform for how science is like a competitive sport. How really, if you have an enemy make yourself stronger that's true it's pretty cool yeah like i actually wrote down on my hippie or in my notes i wrote down why hippies are idiots because i'm like you have to you have to fight you have to have a competition 
I mean, if everybody's just going to sit in a field of flowers, we would all just die of polio. You need, <laughs> you need a guy who's poking at you, and you got to be better than him. Otherwise, yeah. the human race doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Hippies. Don't get, don't get me started on hippies. They're so cool, though, right? Am I right? Xander. Don't get me started <laughs> on fucking hippies. <laughs> fucking flowers. So, I'm going to calm down now. Flowers are nice. I'm having a rage stroke. <laughs> In, uh, so in 1952, he gets his first trial, where at the Polk State School for the Retarded and Feeble-Minded, um, that's not my term, it's what the, the school is called. called, it's a different time, he injected 43 kids, they did not die, they did not get polio, so he was like, sweet. So it, uh, the foundation was like, great, those kids didn't get sick, let's go bigger, so in 1954. Can you imagine being in that test trial though? They're like, we hope this works, and they just shoot something in your arm, like, oh god. Well, I here's the thing: they did it at a school for the retarded and feeble-minded because yeah, they're like, worse. if this doesn't work, at least these retards are only the ones oh, who die. So terrible! Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! Well, and especially because it's like, oh man, I, I don't know. That's that'd be a scary time to just be like, do their parents have to like sign anything? Like, Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, well, but in these, did they go put him next to other like, kids who had polio? Be like, go, go mingle with that guy for a little while. Go lick Tommy's ass. We gotta see what happens. <laughs> and this kid's like, I'm too feeble minded to say no. Yeah. So he does it, and then science wins. And they're like, wow, we cure. Yeah, we got we're good. <laughs> science is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in 1954, with a massive team. Uh, uh, in fact, this is like one of the largest medical programs ever. Um, Salk gets one million kids, sorry, two, two million kids stuck with the needle. Damn. How did he do that? Just Was this in like, was he just hospitals? So, People were yeah, coming so, in. So it started in Pittsburgh and they wanted to stick as many kids as they could. So they went to like um, public schools and probably churches and shit like that. And they yeah. just got two million volunteers and just needled them all. Shit. Um, these people are still called, they're called the pioneer, or the polio pioneers. A lot of them are still alive. Uh, a lot of them feel very proud to be a polio pioneer, but they did say it was terrifying because back then, like, needle inoculations or injections wasn't commonplace, really. Really? Um, uh, most, well, I mean, inoculations in general were commonplace, but a lot of stuff was, was oral, like you would take pills or drops. So, this nurse would bring out a large needle full of a red liquid, and they're like, all right, let's stick you. It was red? That's what they said, yeah. I'm not sure Shit. why, but some of the videos, like, I know when I get shots from the doctor, it feels like, I don't know, it's a tiny bit yeah. of, of liquid. It's not a lot, but in the yeah. videos, it's a big amount of juice they're, they're sticking like, in these kids. got to make sure these guys don't get pulled. <laughs> Give them the three or four dose like, amount. This kid's dirty. Give him four doses. <laughs> Keep sticking them. I can smell the shit on his ass. <laughs> Just give him two or three of those shots. Smell like polio. Get over here. <laughs> so, yeah, they stuck uh, the the polio pioneers and a- after this. And so he, um, he wasn't psyched about this, but they, to make sure that it works, the it had to be placebo controlled. You're right. That's how right. most science experiments exactly. are going to go, yeah. And he didn't want to. Which Why not? In, so in retrospect, I mean, that's not great for science. Right. But he was sort of saying, these are kids. I and I stuck myself with it. I stuck my assistants. I stuck my kids. Everybody's fine. Um, let's just give it to all of them, was his idea. His confidence was through the roof. But obviously, the scientific community and the foundation that's funding it was like, no. We're gonna do we have to have a control. Yeah. If we don't have a control, we don't know. So um, that's why I said a million earlier. So there's two million kids. A million get the vaccination. A million don't. So you're telling me right now there's someone walking around who is one of the polio pioneers who really oh. actually didn't even get the actual one. But oh they're my proud god, to, <laughs> I'm one of the pioneers. Like yeah, I, you got the. Uh, I thought about that, and I wonder. I mean, I'm sure they wrote down names, and then. A year Maybe. later, call him up like, remember when we gave you that shot? <laughs> it was sugar water. You got to come in. Come back in <laughs> for the, the real, real one. one. Like, Fuck. I'm not a guinea pig. Like, well, you yeah. are. Do you want polio? Just quit arguing. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> yeah, you are a guinea pig. Do you want to be a paralyzed guinea pig or a healthy one? Yeah. So 
uh, it took a year to finalize to make sure nobody got polio, nobody got some weird sickness, nobody died. And it works. April 12, 1955, the vaccine is announced safe and effective. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm cynical, but everything I read about it, everybody went bananas. Like, yeah. a guy literally said that the schools let out early and the children ran into the streets. Really? <laughs> that like, bells woo! bells were ringing. I'm sure it was a, a huge success. And there were journalists That's so funny. everywhere like, front page news. Like, the war is over on polio. Really? That's, yeah. I mean, a lot of the headlines were polio conquered, polio killed. So was it at that point? Sulk. Was it at that point that everyone that was now born was now getting the polio? Yep. Anti- okay. Yeah, now that they knew shit works, they started they started using In fact, that first vaccine, they decided was 80 to 90% effective, which is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, I was sure just thinking about now. that time frame. That means my mother was born that year, but later in the year, so right after... After the uh, vaccination was confirmed to be working, she mm-hmm. probably got it shortly after. Probably, she was born. yeah. I would imagine if you were born in the fifties or sixties, they just shot you with it. Probably once you're a few months old, and you can handle it. Yeah, no need to get polio. We can throw out all the iron lungs. Whoever owned the iron lung did not have a good year. His yeah. his stock plummeted, and then he jumped off <laughs> a bridge. A bridge. <laughs> I don't know. I should look into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, huge thing. Everybody was psyched. Marlon Brando was even approached to do a movie portraying Jonas Salk. That didn't happen. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. He uh, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Eisenhower, who personally thanked him as a grandfather. He's like, you saved my kids. Mm-hmm. Shook his hand. Damn. Um, he did not patent. And this the... is the best part of the story. And here's the thing. A lot of stuff that you'll see indicates that he didn't patent it because he wanted it to hit the streets right away. And to be available for everyone, I thought. Yeah. Which, knowing his his constitution, I would believe. Right. He's, he really is a big-time, like, help-everybody guy. But there's also some uh, legal arguments to say that you wouldn't be able to. Oh, uh, really? He yeah, when I, it. when I was looking into it, it said... I can't remember the term, but there... There's an idea that if if you're working on a product that other people are working on where the end is the same, um, you can't claim full responsibility for it. So because like Albert Sabin is working on the same thing, right. he may not have been able to patent it. Interesting. But they didn't try. I mean, that's sort of maybe the important thing because yeah. what that vaccine would have been worth is billions of dollars. Right. Yeah. So he died poor and alone because he was... Did he really? No, he was fine. Oh, I was going to be like, shit. But, no, he actually did just fine. Um, but he did. He was quoted as saying, you can't patent the sun. Yeah. So why would I patent this? This is, He actually said this is science's gift to the people. That's awesome. That's badass. He's a good guy. Um, well, let's see here. Oh, some dickhead named Walter Winchell, who was a journalist or more like a Rush Limbaugh type, did open up his... Uh, his news stories of the day with mothers and fathers of America, they are preparing coffins for your children because he was like, we don't know what they're sticking them with. They're getting autism. Right. So Jonas actually went on air and literally explained how everything works. No way. Wait, when, when was this? This was right when it came out. So 54, no, 55. So we're just, 56. we're just reliving history from 2006 when that one douchebag came out and was like, Autism. And it just keeps happening. It got debunked. Yeah. And then the guy admitted he was lying, and now people are still referencing that guy who well, already admitted he was... exactly. He fucking just made it up completely. Yeah. And Winchell didn't actually say anything about autism, but he did say that... Uh, he's like, well, the government is putting what into our kids? Yeah. They're going to die. And so um, Jonas went on to his show and other public platforms and was like, Here, here's what... Hey, shut up. So did that guy... Dipshits, shut up. This is what happens. Did he listen afterwards, or was he still like, meh? I don't know. I actually see... In one of the documentaries, they said that Winchell um, wanted to be famous, and he knew the the fastest way to become famous is to be an asshole to other famous people. So, yeah, he's so like he the just guy real... on InfoWars. He's just like, if I just say all the crazy shit, people will listen. Then and he probably crazy. died very rich, because yeah. everything is horrible. Yeah, this world sometimes. There are there are kids who are dead because of people like that. Yeah. Literally. Um, not because of throwing them off bridges, which is what I propose, but the other way where they die slowly and horribly right. in a hospital. Um, but yeah, so the, um, oh, so he, yeah, he became super, super famous because of this. Like, the public really saw him as like, 
the polio vanquisher. He was their fucking guy, and he did. He hated it because he was very much a humble, head down, let's do science kind of guy. He's like, on to the next research. Yeah, he fucking hated it. But he was on the cover of of Time magazine. He did all these uh, interviews and shit. The New York Times did a piece about him calling him a public hero, and the irony is that. In that piece, he just spent the whole time talking about how he hates being a public figure. <laughs> he yeah. just hated it. Because he would go on airplanes, and the pilot would announce, John the Sulk is on the plane, and everybody, like, and they'd clap. And he's like, oh, fucking shit, guys. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Um, he said he couldn't go out to dinner without somebody wanting to shake his hand. So he's, he's... Fellow scientists hated him. They were so jealous. Like, Albert yeah. Sabin went bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> with, with rage. Yeah, what was he all about? So did he sell his, or did he, like, propose his idea over across seas and other countries and shit, or? Salk? No, uh. Sabin. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Sabin's vaccine, he, he fixed his up in the 60s, and that's actually, they started using his instead of Salk's after so that. So wait, he kept on working it, on it after, after Salk was, like, basically the, yeah. Yeah, because really, I don't know, because I'm not a virologist, uh, it sounds like both approaches of so Sabin's is it's it's a weakened virus right and you don't have to inject it but you do have to take this oral it's usually a pill or a drop a few times maybe over a few months to build up the resistance yeah and then Salks is it's a dead virus we're putting it in you once and your body's gonna figure it out and so the thing is that sometimes uh, with Salks approach it doesn't work at all. Yeah. And sometimes with Sabin's approach, you get sick and die. So, and then sometimes like long-term sulks work, sometimes long-term Sabin's work. So right. it kind of goes back and forth. So once Sabin's came out, it was cheaper and everybody just did that. Right. Um, most recently, if you get, if I go to the hospital now and ask for a polio vaccine, it'll be sulks. Yeah. We've, I think they found the perfect way to kill them where your body still makes antibodies for it. Right. As far as I can tell. Um, but yeah, uh, the scientific community distanced themselves from him in a certain way. Like, he started being discredited in a lot of way. Um, Sabin called him a kitchen chemist, which... Which is weird after he got millions of dollars and... Right? Solved a... He's the guy who fucking solved polio before your ass. Yeah. So what the fuck do you know, but... That sounds like he talked a lot of shit after he gave a lot of people polio. Like, the fact that he talked shit after that even, I don't think there's anything that stopped him. Big mouth prick is what he is. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, so he fucking hated being famous, but there's some speculation that he never won the Nobel Prize. In fact, he was not even nominated for the Nobel Prize. Really? Because the idea, I mean, obviously nobody's going to say that this is why, because there's not one person to blame, but the idea is that the scientific community was just jealous of the attention he got. Really? Because... Look, he didn't invent the idea of vaccines. Right. He didn't invent the idea of anything that he did. He just followed the steps correctly, perfected it, had the money. He was just the guy. Right. And so the scientific community were like, he's standing on the shoulders of giants. You shouldn't be celebrating him. And even he is like, you shouldn't be celebrating me. Right. But you can't tell the public what to do. Right. So the scientific community was like, fuck Salk. Fuck him. It's not me. I like that, though. That's like the same idea of being like, well, okay, in the 70s, Bobby Fischer wasn't the best chess player because he didn't invent the game. He didn't tell the rules, so he's standing on the shoulders of giants, so he's not the best. What an asshole. <laughs> if there was a prize for chess, I would not nominate Bobby Fischer for it. <laughs> Which, honestly, you know, I've heard Nobel Prizes given out for much dumber shit than yeah. s curing polio. Yeah. Uh, or at least preventing it, so he should have, but he wasn't even nominated. Um, after this, I mean, you know, he, this is sort of the peak of his life. He ends up getting the Salk Institute for Biological Studies in La Jolla. Um, Did he study anything else specifically? Yeah, he actually dedicated his life to trying to solve um, AIDS. Oh, nice. Which, as we all know, worked. He solved it. Mm. We're fine. We're good. We're good now. Did he do anything research that helped with preventing it and anything? He patented a, a medicine, I can't remember what it's called, I think it was uh, rum, rumen or rumane, something like that, that was supposed to prevent HIV from turning into AIDS. And I guess it kind of worked. From what I read, they don't make it anymore, but they did 
they did give it to people for maybe 10 years before they probably found something better. I was going to say, because as someone who has never had AIDS and doesn't know anyone personally that does, I've been told, and I don't know if this is true, but I've been told, yeah, obviously it's an awful virus and it's an awful, uh, you know, disease to get, but yeah. it's a lot better to get today than it was 30, 40 years ago. Oh, I bet. I mean, really what you hear now is that as long as you don't let it turn to AIDS, you can live a normal, happy life. And then I think even with AIDS, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not normal, but... So I was wondering if he had any part to, like, kind of change, or, or at least the not start. As, not as far as I know. I mean, I think maybe his research in that whole thing, like, keeping HIV from turning into AIDS, maybe he helped with that. How long did he live for? What, what, when did he die? He died 1995. Oh, shit. Of, so he was 80 years old. Nice. It's a good long run. Um, he, towards the end of his life, he did get his... Uh, he got his research facility up and going, and then he actually dedicated his life to being a philosopher. He, he was what? a, what's called a biophilosopher, or biophilosophy, hmm. where it's like it's using Darwinian biology to try and solve social problems. So he was obsessed with population growth, and he, he, he wrote a bunch of books about it, about how the population is going to... Increase and increase and increase, and then plateau, and then maybe even stay there or start to decrease. Because he's saying, as far as resources are concerned, and the way that we know war happens, and he has all these graphs and shit to prove this, that he thinks that population is going to plummet, plateau, and then we're going to sit at like a lower level. And he, he's like, well, how do we, uh, how do we survive as this human species. I don't know. Kind of a lot of fun philosophy stuff, but he was also really into the Hebrew concept of uh, tikkun olam, which I'm definitely not saying right. But sure. in Hebrew, it means repair the world. So that that's sort of his whole philosophy at the end of his life is like... Help everybody. Yeah, we, we need to figure this shit out. I figured out polio. We need to figure this out. We need to figure out AIDS. We need to figure out war, preferably uh, population problems. That's cool, Everybody though. have a good day. So he's a nice guy. But he uh, won tons of awards. Uh, there's facilities and schools named after him. Um, one thing I read said that a 1952 analysis reported 57,000 cases of polio. Um, after his vaccine in 1962, there was less than 1,000. Wow. So his shit fucking worked. So was the 1,000, did they say, if it was people that it failed or that people that just didn't get it? or It's just people who did get it. So there was less than a thousand cases nationally in '62 that did get it. That but did took, have polio. But did they take his shot or no? Oh, I don't know, because his shot isn't a hundred percent. Right. That so was maybe insane. sometimes some of them might not have. Yeah. But even then, out of a thousand, you would assume if all thousand of them got it. I don't know. Yeah. Still, I mean, that's a fucking great turnaround. Yeah. Fifty-seven thousand down to less than one. That's crazy. Good for Jonas. Good job, Jonas. Um. Jonas is a cool guy. I might read one of his books. I don't know. Maybe not. He wrote a book? He wrote several about his biophilosophy shit. That's cool. Um, a lot of it was like... <laughs> well, I, I did read the foreword to one of them called A New Reality, and his son wrote the foreword, and to quote his son, he said that my father wanted to inoculate humankind with hope, which I'm just going to roll my eyes at that. It's cute. <laughs> 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 maybe his son wasn't quite as bright as his father but it's not no he he might think he is because uh. he made he made sure to let everyone know he's like no my dad told me i'm a, i'm the favorite i'm, I'm the smart one <laughs> so i'm gonna write the four whatever that's one of the ones not the favorite he's still trying to play like he is yeah the actual favorite is probably somewhere solving diseases and this dick wad is writing the foreword but yeah, he's writing like 14 year old girl posts on facebook they're <laughs> yeah. like let's inoculate our hearts with hope guys <laughs> uh but i guess that's what salk was trying to do in his later years was write books that were like hey shit's about to get sucky um we may not be able to solve the super bugs we may not be able to solve population problems and resource problems and war so Here's what I propose we do to survive this, and that was what all his books are about. If you're That's cool. into that depressing kind of thing, sure, those books exist. Um, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, the last thing that happened with his name attached to it is, like I was saying earlier, in 2015, The Who, um, with Robert Daltrey, personally. Um, just kidding. It's the World Health Organization. Yeah. Uh, in 
third world countries switched from using the the Sabin oral vaccines to 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 Salk's uh, injected vaccine, just because they found that it's more effective. And they were sick of uh, you know kids in Pakistan dying. Right. So they switched. Way. Nice. So Jonas Salk still still valid, still helping, still. Saving the kids. I bet you right now, if you asked any anti-vaxxer who made up the these vaccinations of, you know, who created them, they wouldn't know. They fuck no idea. They don't fucking know anything. They learned from a blogger from some soccer mom who learned from some bad data they Learned online. from Nancy. Well, Nancy heard it from her mom. And her mom <laughs> read it in People Magazine. Well, it wasn't actually in People Magazine. It was something Anne Hathaway said in People Magazine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's seriously that's, like, oh. that's how their shit goes. <laughs> Anyways, well. Fuck you, Anne Hathaway. Actually, I don't know where she stands on that. Sorry, I'm just using the name. <laughs> you know who I think it is? Gwyneth Paltrow. I think Gwyneth Paltrow's a non-vaxxer. Fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, fuck you, Gwyneth. And the chick from Big Bang Theory. she really an anti-vaxxer? I read that somewhere. The the girl who plays... Uh, what's her? Amy. Which one's Amy? She's the one who's dating Sheldon. The smart one? <laughs> the one that's supposed to be a genius The one who in, in real show? life, I think, has a PhD, is an anti-vaxxer. How is that even... Because she's a dumb shit. I'm so glad it's not the hot one, though, because that would have been really sad. <laughs> <laughs> As if that matters. Penny? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, because you don't want your fantasies to be interrupted with her being like, don't vaccinate your kid. God damn it, now I can't... Fuck! All right, well, fuck. You're... I'm kicking you out of the spank bank now. <laughs> You're out. Get out of my, my bed. Bring the other... In my head. Who's the other girl from the show? I don't know her opinion. Bring her. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for another program. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, of people, you cut me off. <laughs> <clears throat> Proceed. Thank you for tuning. Please, in. <laughs> vaccinate your fucking kids. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. The Penis Brothers. Yeah.